We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So as we close in on the NFL's franchise tag designation window deadline, Ravens Executive Vice President of Player Personnel, Ozzie Newsome, shed some light on Baltimore's last-minute strategizing as its contract negotiating continues with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's the first time Ozzie has spoken about the Lamar Jackson contract situation. More on just what he had to say specifically ahead. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host Sarah Ellison. It's Tuesday, March 7th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault, brought to you by Tanner Mashburn. Derek Carr and Geno Smith got new deals Monday, and we explore how those moves affect the quarterback market and Lamar Jackson. Plus, former Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. is set to test out the free agent market next month after winning a Super Bowl title in Kansas City. We have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, Ozzie Newsom isn't as visible as he once was as Baltimore's longtime general manager, but don't discount the influence and the voice that he continues to have on the Ravens' front office. Yeah, for sure, Sarah. And you know that better than most, seeing how you spent a decade-plus in that building. But Ozzie popped on the Bernie Kosar show with Hanford Dixon on Monday and shared this piece of information on Lamar. The biggest thing is that we have a deadline tomorrow at 4 o'clock uh, to put the tag on. And and I know today uh, and up until about 3.30 tomorrow, uh, a lot of energy is going to be put, be utilized in trying to get the deal done. And if not, we will put the franchise tag on him. So obviously, which specific tag that will be, should it come to that, remains to be seen. But the Ravens are exhausting all resources ahead of this afternoon's deadline. And some of those resources include a recent trip that Eric DaCosta took to Lamar's hometown of Miami in hopes of working towards a deal. And that is according to NFL Network's Tom Palacero. Which, of course, came shortly after Josina Anderson's report over the weekend. And also, uh, my league sources have the impression that, at least as of right now, the Ravens have their best offer on the table. However, I was just told, even before coming on this stage, the context to that is that that is still pending, uh, getting more feedback from Lamar's side 
on their latest proposal. So that's kind of uh, what I'm hearing with regards to that. So Sarah, one thing to reiterate, Josina made it clear that Baltimore's latest offer is its best offer. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a final offer. And Bobby, just real quick, I've gotten a few questions on why Ozzy is speaking for the first time. Like, why is he doing it now after all of this time? And, you know, I'm speculating a little bit here, but I can say with some fair amount of confidence that there's nothing coordinated going on here with the Ravens. Ozzy still has ties to some of the media back in Cleveland after spending decades there, both as a player and an executive. Now, he generally absolutely hates media interviews. I can tell you that as a person that for a moment was in PR and tried to get him to do them. He hates them. He avoids them at all costs. Not having to do those interviews is one of the perks of no longer being a GM, but he's still getting to help run the team as a vice president. So every once in a while, he'll do favors for friends, and that's what he's likely doing here. And Bobby, no offense to the Bernie Kosar show, but if the Ravens needed to get a message out and they wanted to get out via Ozzy, I don't think it would be a show in Cleveland that has fewer than 3,000 subscribers that they would choose. And hey, that's no knock on them. We have just under 5,000 and we wouldn't be chosen either. So Ozzy is just speaking facts in that clip and he's good at just cutting to the chase. No BS. Now, I've also received comments on Twitter that if Ozzy was still GM, he would have signed Lamar already. Now, we'll never know with certainty, but I highly doubt that. Ozzy and Eric have, yeah, two different negotiating styles, two different ways of talking, but they both have the same principles that guide them in roster building. After all, as we all know, Ozzy trained EDC for decades. And on top of that, they both have the same boss as Steve Bashotti, who doesn't approve fully guaranteed deals. So, sorry, but a negotiating style isn't going to change Lamar's stance on his money. I don't care how you say, whether in Aussie's way or EDC's way, we're not giving you fully guaranteed money. Uh, either way, Lamar's not budging. Plus, don't forget, Aussie still has a very, very big voice in the front office. There's no doubt that Aussie, EDC, Harbs, and Bashadi have all met as partners on the plan going forward, and I'm telling you, they are on the same page. Yeah, great perspective there, Sarah. And you know, one thing we should probably also reiterate is this. Should the Ravens choose to place the exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, it'll buy them time, right up until July 17th to be exact, to negotiate a long-term extension. I know we both remain on team exclusive tag, as does the Athletics' Jeff Zarebeck, but he was recently asked to play devil's advocate by a Twitter follower of his, and he responded with this, quote, I've said myself that the non-exclusive would be too risky for me, but I at least see why you'd consider the other one. I'd at least see why you'd want to put the ball in his court and say, look, we're getting freaking nowhere here. Go get your deal, and we'll have the opportunity to match at least, close quote. You know, something to keep in mind as well, Sarah, is it's kind of along these same lines. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport dropped this nugget on Pat McAfee's show on Monday. The non-exclusive tag would get the Ravens two first-rounders for Omar Jackson. I would counter with, is that enough? If they get the exclusive tag and he signs it, they can trade him and ask for more. So, like, Russell Wilson went Ooh. for two ones and more, right? But I'm just saying, for me, if I'm the Ravens, don't I say, isn't he worth more than two first-round picks? He's worth a lot. And then it's like... Who's the team? It would take someone unbelievably committed, unbelievably committed to Lamar Jackson. And I've looked 
and I've not found that team just yet. What? Atlanta. I, I, I've checked Atlanta. I'm not. I would never rule out anything ever. I just don't get the sense anything is imminent there. Okay, so maybe that's why they might do the non-exclusive because they don't think that anybody. If just two, yeah, you save yourself with thirteen million. Ah, that's why you're saying both. Maybe. Okay, got it. I'm happy right. we worked through Sorry. that. Sorry. I'm happy we worked through that. So in summary, while teams that Rappaport has talked to could just be keeping things tied close to the vest, they could also essentially be saying that, hey, a fully guaranteed contract and two first-round picks is just too much for Lamar Jackson. You then add in the layer of having to negotiate with the player himself instead of a traditional agent, and perhaps even with the NFLPA on some level, hey, based on Ian's reporting, no one team is that committed to Lamar at this stage of the game. Yeah, Bobby, I don't know. Only time will tell if teams are telling Ian the truth or if they are just trying to lull the Ravens into a false sense of security so they can get a crack at signing him. But still to come here on the vault, two notable offseason quarterback dominoes fell Monday, and Derek Carr now has a new home. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, the quarterback market is finally seeing some movement as free agency quickly approaches. We saw Derek Carr sign with the New Orleans Saints, and then Geno Smith agreed to an extension with the Seattle Seahawks, which honestly is just yet another chapter of a pretty incredible comeback story for Geno. But, Sarah, does any of these things uh, affect business with Lamar and the Ravens? I mean, maybe a little, but really not too much. Uh, first off, one or two QB dominoes fall, so it's likely that others will follow, and it sounds like Daniel Jones and the New York Giants are closing on a deal, so they could be next. Meanwhile, this does take two teams off the market who could have been looking for a quarterback, and the Saints in particular was a team that was named to be potentially interested in Lamar. So, now, these two teams, they're crossed off the list, but there are still several other suitors that could show interest, including the Atlanta Falcons, even though <laughs> Ian shot that idea down in the previous topic. But yeah, uh, there seems to be plenty of suitors left, but this is the beginning where a couple of teams are no longer in the market for a quarterback. So what about the money involved? Like, Does that affect Lamar and the Ravens at all? I mean, neither quarterback got anywhere near the money that Lamar is reportedly sinking. Both of these guys are going to be in that $35 million a year range, which is about $15 million per year, less than what the Ravens reportedly offered to Lamar and was turned down. Now, at the time of this recording, we don't have the guaranteed figures on Geno Smith, but we do on Derek Carr. So Carr is getting 
just 60, just, this is in the quarterback world, of course, but he's getting 60 million fully guaranteed at signing. Bobby, that's not even half of what was fully guaranteed to Lamar reportedly. Now, here's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport breaking down Carr's contract details. It is a four-year, $150 million deal, which is a massive number, but also the way that Carr made it work with the Saints cap situation, stretching it out a little longer deal than maybe he needed. Here's the most important numbers to me. Two years, $60 million fully guaranteed. He gets that no matter what. There's an additional $10 million in year three that vests early. So look at it this way. Two years, $60 million, $30 million per year, and then he gets $10 million a little bit later. Yeah, so obviously those numbers don't even come close to touching what's in play for Lamar, but I also don't think anyone would expect Derek to get anywhere near the money that Lamar is commanding, right? So that's not really a surprise. Yeah, not a surprise at all. I mean, Lamar is certainly the superior quarterback and is also much younger. So Carr and Gino both got deals that I think are in line with mid-tier quarterbacks and that's why I don't really think their deals affect Baltimore's negotiations at all it more just changes the market as teams get their own quarterbacks and wouldn't get into the bidding for Lamar all right Bobby in the first of what will be one of many surprise moves made around the NFL and free agency the Kansas City Chiefs they will not be franchise tagging former Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. for a second consecutive season, even though the reports and the thought all along is that they would. Yeah, and just as a refresher here, Baltimore traded baby Zeus to Kansas City in 2021 in exchange for a first-round pick that turned into Adafe Owe, along with three other draft selections in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, respectively. And I believe one of those was actually in the 2022 draft. The other were all in 2021. But we all remember why Brown wanted out, right? He was determined to fulfill his late father's dream of one day being a full-time starting left tackle in the NFL. And hey, prior to Ronnie Stanley's injury, the Ravens were more than covered at the position. So EDC went and made a move. Yeah, Bobby Orlando bet on himself. And it's paid off. <laughs> He's going to get paid big time. And he was a starting left tackle for every game except one in his two seasons with the Chiefs. And he's earned Pro Bowl honors four straight years. Franchise left tackles almost never become available. Now, he could resign in Kansas City. He likes it there. They're going to keep working. Loves it. But he's going to an open market. So, like, let's say you're a team like, I don't know, I'll just throw out a random team, the Chicago Bears. Right who have Ryan Poles, who used to be in Kansas City, who have a lot of cap space and who need offensive line help oh. would potentially be able to make a lot of money from one of those teams i would say so that was what ian rapaport shared on the pat mcafee show on monday so yeah sarah the betting and believing in himself is certainly paying off i mean he played this past season on the tag like we mentioned which came in around 16.6 million and now zeus could be in line and probably is in line for a big payday from a cap flexible team as one of the top free agents available on the market And before we fly, some other quick news items, beginning with the Tennessee Titans. Shopping running back Derrick Henry, according to Michael Silver of BallySports.com. If the Titans were to trade him, they'd save $6.3 million on their salary cap in 2023. Henry's yards per carry average dropped a full yard last season. 
In wide receiver news around the NFL, Calvin Ridley has been reinstated from his gambling suspension, which gives rising Jags quarterback Trevor Lawrence yet another weapon. And meanwhile, the L.A. Rams gave wide receiver Allen Robinson permission to seek a trade. Also, John Harbaugh talked to Notre Dame wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey and safeties coach Chris O'Leary about potentially filling vacancies on Baltimore staff. O'Leary is Kyle Hamilton's former position coach while he was in college. And finally, former Ravens starter Tony Jefferson has let teams know he's making the transition from safety to linebacker. And he's doing it in an effort to keep with the modern era of football that has teams taking a linebacker off the field for another safety. Thanks for listening to The Morning Vault. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. By the way, if you're wondering how Tanner Mashburn made it into this episode's opening, it's because he just joined our highest paid membership platform at patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. It goes without saying, Tanner, but we can't thank you enough for the support. We appreciate you for believing in what we're building. If you too want to support our show, please visit our Patreon page and consider joining one of our five membership tiers to help us continue to churn out daily Ravens content for years to come. Yeah, and another special shout out to another one of our newest patrons, Jameson Helfrick. Jameson will now receive monthly shout outs here on The Vault. And we'd also love to hear from everyone, whether you're a patron or not, with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. And you can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. And that is all the time we've got today, but we will be back on Wednesday with the Ravens news you need to know. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.